0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Holy, a practical guide for making the holidays Holy Days. I want to welcome you to Toto. <laughs> this is a very, very beautiful place and um, I just thought, what a great place to make a video, although I have no idea how this is going to go and I have one shot. There's no redos, nothing, and people are going to be walking by and all kinds of noises could be happening. Roosters crowing, a lot of preparations going on around me, so we'll just see how it goes. But I wanted to take this opportunity just to talk about one concept about the holiness of the holidays, and um, I wanted to make a clear distinction that I am in no way calling people away from celebrating anything. So, um, you know, I think that when we often talk about um, the holidays or even being holy in general, it can be it can always rest on the giving up everything you know the the sort of the asceticism of the the monks you know that idea of holy living has to be separate living you have to come out you have to be separated from an from the world and all the contamination and all the sin and um you know, I understand this concept, it does feel good to be away from it sometimes because um, it can feel overwhelming when you're surrounded. You know, I can I can think of Lot and how he felt um, living in Sodom and, and how it the Bible says that it, it brought him sort of a daily torment and he was sort of tortured in his soul, and that's true, but I'm talking about something that is the complete opposite, which is actually trying to live a holy life within an unholy world. And uh, Jesus is our perfect example of that. When he came to earth, he didn't separate himself out from everybody. Um, And he didn't take a group and say, let's go live a a pure life over here. He set up camp right there in the middle of the ugly. You know, I mean, he was, I, I just love that concept that he set himself up in a broken world. And he said, let's be holy in the midst of all of this holiness. Now he had to take himself out spiritually. You know, he rose early before it was light and he talked to God, he stayed up all night praying to God. He would have these moments alone with God. And for us to live a holy life, we're going to have to imitate those practices where we, we spiritually remove ourselves um, for a time to rejuvenate ourselves. Like even this place right here, that's what this represents to us um, on this trip is we, uh, we basically got into El Salvador. This is our annual trip um, to encourage the church here. Um, we get into El Salvador on Saturday after a day of, of actually traveling from nine to nine. That's really basically what it is. By midnight, we're finally um, getting into bed. I can't tell you why it takes that long. It takes that long because we're do- trying to do something great for God and going into a third world country. That's why it takes that long. I can't explain it. It just takes that long. It shouldn't because the flight itself is only like five hours, but it just takes that long. Um, And so then we go into church next day, and it's basically getting to know all the disciples, and and then getting to see all the students that we've been supporting through the Becca's program, and getting to hear their stories. Um, Yesterday we got to celebrate an incredible event that happened. I'm not going to be the one to share about it, but it was an amazing event that happened to encourage the church there. Um, and but it's a long day. It's a long day of, of serving and giving and loving, which is all good, but a little bit draining. Then we go to bed, you know, probably pretty late. Then we get up the next day and we go to Suci Toto. We spend the day preparing the school, cleaning the school, um, making it ready for the medical brigade that's going to come in for the weekend, and just generally encouraging this little village school that we support. Um, but it's a day of hard work. So then when we come here it's a chance for us to rejuvenate ourselves just like Jesus, getting away from everybody and um, making sure that he can commune with God. You're gonna, it's going to take a lot of spiritual it's, it's going to take a lot of spiritual um, income you know in, 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 in I don't know what it's called but to get alone and meditate and to rejuvenate yourself that's the word I was trying to find It's going to take that. And I think one of the things that we do uh, that we underestimate is just how much time that takes. Is so We don't leave enough time for rejuvenation in our world, and we expect to be more holy than we are. Um, and really, we just need to admit we need more rejuvenation. But this concept that I'm not calling people um, so much to uh, to the mortification of the flesh, which John Steinreich talked about on Sunday, just that idea of putting to death your flesh. Um, a lot of what, uh, you know, Christ called us, obviously, to put to death the things in our um, sinful nature, to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow him. And so what the monks would do uh, in those medieval times, the early days, is they would figure out ways to superimpose a death to self on uh, upon themselves. They would where um i think it was uh thomas moore who wore um a, a garment he wore a shirt that was made out of some hair scratchy itchy i don't know if it was horse hair i can't remember what it was made out of it's been a while since i read that but he made something that was itchy and scratchy so he wore that around all day um, they would beat themselves um, they would uh, cut themselves you know uh, with whips they would and they would figure out ways to superimpose a death to self on their flesh, sort of trying to participate in the sufferings of Christ. And um, so I want I want us to know that that came from something good that they were trying to do, to try to understand what it is to be to to participate with Christ in His sufferings. Um, and but that that in itself, and they would take themselves. They would say, "Let's be celibate. We won't ever." You know, get married, we're going to deny ourselves this uh, this marital relationship, um, the, the bed relationship, we're going to be celibate, we're not going to eat this, we're not going to eat that, um, we're going to get up at certain times of the night and we're going to deny ourselves sleep so that we can pray, all of these things, um, which I think in one sense are good things. But it's interesting to me. <laughs> and i've always thought this i may have said this before but sorry i repeat myself a lot but you know they they created this whole life of denial and self-denial it's sort of a it's artificial one superimposed and i my feeling is like you know hey i get enough of that every single day if you're trying to parent if you are trying to be a good parent if you are trying to be a good employee, if you are trying to be a good dad, if you are trying to be a good husband or a good wife, there's enough. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't need to go make up ways to deny myself. It is in my daily life. It is already in my daily life. I'll tell you what, sometimes I feel like, let me go live in a monastery for just a sec, just a, just a week or two, I'll trade places one of those months. You come live in my house and try to raise my kids and not lose your temper. I, you know, I'm just like, You know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm like, I don't know why we need to superimpose anything on ourselves. If you're really taking it seriously, if you're really careful to make yourself holy through the mundane activities of daily life, man, it's going to be enough. And I want us to talk about what it means really to enjoy the life that God has given. You know, we know in James 1, 17, it says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And you know, those gifts are given to us. Actually, God made us to enjoy this world. He made us to enjoy everything that's created. Can you believe this place? I wish I could just get take you on a tour of this place, but it's beautiful. And you know, when you go to those beautiful places that are untouched by human hands so much that you can enjoy what God had intended, you can kind of see, oh, I can see what God was thinking. I can see what He intended. He meant for all this to be enjoyed. You know, in First Timothy 6:17, okay, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they'll lay up treasures for themselves. Uh, as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. And, you know, I'm thinking about how God gives us these these monetary blessings, you know, to be enjoyed. You can come to El Salvador, you can come to a third world country and you can see the disparity, you can see the poverty and you can see the wealth and it can make you despondent. But, you know, it... The, that there's a reason for that inequality there's a reason for that there's a there's sin there's greed there's all of these things that get in the way of us being able to enjoy life as god had a command had, as he intended but he gives us a command here he says you know at, you have money you need to enjoy that money and share it you know be generous share it enjoy this life come to this hotel in the middle of suchitoto you know i'm I'm, I'm in this poverty of Toto, but I come to this hotel and it's, it's, it's beautiful. And it is to be enjoyed. God gives us these things to be enjoyed. He doesn't give us, he doesn't want us to miss the garden that he created because we're so uh, worried about um, kind of superimposing an aesthetic life on ourselves. Here um, in Colossians 2, this is that, this is sort of a, a, a famous passage about this concept but in colossians 2:16 it says therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to religious festivals or new moon celebration or sabbath day these are a shadow of the things that were to come the reality however is found in christ do not let anyone who delights in false humility in the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize Such a person goes into great detail, but what he's seen and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. He's lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died to the basic principles of this world, why why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack, they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. And it's just talking about this thing that you can impose all these rules upon yourself. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. It's very harsh. It's a very harsh treatment of the body. But that's, that's trying to change yourself from the outside in. I'm not gonna eat this, I'm not gonna do that, I'm not gonna touch that, I'm not gonna bleh. These things are a harsh treatment of the body and they don't produce um, actually a real restraint from sensual indulgence. You know, God is trying to change us from the inside out. And I'll just say during this time of holy days, um, we will give up some things, but it's only to enjoy other things that are real living. <laughs> That's what it said before, which is the real life, real living. You know when the good news is that everything that God created will will give you a life that is so much more than whatever this life has to offer. So we give up the fake substitutes. we give up all of that, whether it be um, the alcohol and the and the other substances or the um, you know the the self-soothing kinds of things, the Netflix and the, you know, the um, sensual indulgences. We give up those things, yes, but we give up those things only to be able to enjoy the real living. It's kind of like when you finally... um, can taste food without all the stuff that's covering it up. You know, I can remember when I finally my I, I, I allow myself to get when you allow your stomach to growl when you allow yourself to get truly hungry instead of eating before your stomach growls. Everything tastes amazing. <laughs> I mean, uh, last night we were eating here and um, they had prepared this this fish and um, it had a sauce on the side. Um, that's if you got it. Typical, which means if you got it the way that it's served here, if you get it sort of the Americanized version, then the sauce is poured over it. But we got it typical, So we uh, were just eating the fish with no sauce on it. And Jay was like, this is the most amazing flavor I've ever had, even without the sauce, which no American could really understand, you know, because we just cover everything up more and more and more and more. But you strip all that away. It tastes delicious. That's kind of like what I want this holiday season to be. When you can go after God and see just the beauty of all the stuff that he's created that was meant for our enjoyment, you don't have to um, say we're not doing this and we're not doing that. Your life will be so full of what you are doing that you will not miss what you're not doing. You know, I remember last year, we sort of for the first time experimented, and all this is an experiment too, that, which makes it so exciting. We experimented with the whole Advent calendar, which, with the traditional Advent calendar, actually you don't even light your Christmas tree, you don't put your Christmas tree up till Christmas Eve. This is totally opposite. Like I was like, I put my my tree up on the day after Thanksgiving, you know, because I um, actually really enjoyed that. I'm not saying it's bad. It was a, it was like this is when I'm off and I get to enjoy the tree all, you know, for the whole season. So I'm not saying don't do that, but we did it differently last year. We just put up our tree on Christmas Eve. But I realized. Um, my kid, we hadn't even missed it because we were so full of doing other things because we were celebrating this whole Advent thing and we were putting a, a thing, an ornament on our Advent tree every day and reading this Advent book and just learning how to do things in a different way and it was so full that we didn't miss it. We also had given up, uh, we really went down in the present giving, like really did it differently and there's a billion different ways you can do it but i think nobody missed anything because we it was so rich in in what we were doing so i want i just want you as you get into this i want you to learn how to enjoy the beauty of every single gift that comes from above god gives you 5 minutes enjoy it enjoy those 5 minutes don't feel guilty about it like i should be doing something you know last night i'll end on this story but um, you know, we had this moment where we're at this hotel and um, you know, everybody is here trying to, you're just enjoying the food and there's a pool and it's a beautiful view and it's a little bit of a rest or you can go into town and you can shop and I found myself just sort of sort of tired and I, I needed to rest. I hadn't been able to do my normal Sabbath resting on Saturday and then Sunday was busy and Monday was, you know, and so, um, you know, it was 8.30, and I could hear that everybody was out here enjoying themselves, you know, talking to everybody, but I was like, you know, and I felt a little guilt. I was like, I need to get out there and entertain. You know, I need to be entertaining people and, uh, and giving, you know, maybe I should be giving. And then I, I just felt like God saying, no, you actually, you just need to rest. You need to sleep and enjoy that. So I'm telling you, once I talked to my kids, I t- talked to them at 8 o'clock. I think by the time it was 8.30, I was already turning the lights out. I was going to sleep. And I'm, I slept until like 6.30 today. I mean, I just slept for all those hours because my, my body needed it. But that was God going, see, you, this, is, this is a gift. This is my gift to you. There's gonna be many gifts through these holy days. You need to spot them and you need to enjoy them. There's no guilt involved. It's because every good and perfect gift comes from a This is real living. This is the life that, that God intended for us to live. It says in, I'll end with this verse in chapter 3, Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your heart on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. When Christ who is your life appears, you will appear with him in glory. And when I think about this, yes, I died, yes. I died in Christ, but I am raised with his glory. I mean, it's great to be hidden in Christ. It's great to be dead to the things that you think are gonna bring you the, the joys of this earth. It's great to be dead to those things because it opens you up to all the spiritual things who actually bring real life. This is living. Until next time.